Hi there, I'm Lori Hellman, a mom to an incredible young adult son on the autism spectrum. My goal when creating the Living the Sky Life podcast three years ago was that the content of each episode bring hope, connection, and some valuable takeaways to each listener. The special needs parenting village is large, so you should never feel like you have to travel this journey alone. If you haven't already, please connect with me through my website, Facebook page, or Instagram account. And let's keep the conversation going after each episode airs. If you are enjoying the podcast and are listening on Apple iTunes, please leave a rating and written review and share Living the Sky Life with others. Thanks again for tuning in and subscribing to season three of Living the Sky Life. Thank you for tuning into another episode of Living the Sky Life. I'm thrilled to be able to sit down and have a conversation with one of the autism moms who has become a very dear friend of mine. She has been doing amazing things in the last few years with the nonprofit that she started, and I begged her to come on. This is her third appearance on Living the Sky Life, actually. I begged her to come on and tell you guys all about it and what she's doing. I just feel like I can't share enough amazing stories of parents who are just kind of taking the bull by the horns and creating opportunities for their own children and others. So um, I want to give a little background. So Melinda Dalton Cook resides in the San Diego area with her husband, Chad, and their almost 20-year-old daughter, Paige, who is severely impacted by autism. Melinda is the CEO and founder of Pages Pantry, which is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. The mission of Pages Pantry is to help teach and empower teens and adults on the autism spectrum, giving them the opportunity to learn organizational, communication, community, and administrative skills. Melinda is also the host of the Autism Masterminds podcast, and she does a a lot of stuff in the San Diego area with parents, support groups, and she's just constantly bringing people together to learn from each other and to help our kids lead the most amazing lives possible. So enjoy my conversation with Melinda, and hopefully you get some great takeaways from all that she's been doing. So welcome back to another episode of Living the Sky Life. I'm excited to have my dear friend, Melinda, from across the country, (laughs) living it up in California. Uh, Melinda and I um, became fast friends. Gosh, it's probably been two years ago, right? That we, um, I reached out to her because I heard her podcast. It was one of the first podcasts I had listened to about autism that um, had a parent with an older child on the spectrum, which I was seeking. So she gave me all kinds of advice and we've been fast friends ever since. So welcome to the podcast, Melinda. Thank you for having me. Once of course. Again, I, love, I love being on your podcast and I am, <laughs> I am like grateful that we got to know each other and we even had a fun, like quick girls trip and yeah, hopefully more of those in the future. Yes. Yep. And love Lori. (laughs) (laughs) I know it was funny. Well, Sylvia was on my episode uh, last week um, Uh and um, I met her through you. So it's been great to meet all these autism moms with, we all have 19, 20, 21 year olds. um, So it's been, um, it's been a wealth of education for me to the next stages. And so I'm not going to make you go all the way back. I'll, I'll post the other episodes that I did with you. um, And when you described Paige and you, you know, told everybody about her. And then we also did an episode with uh, our husbands. So that was fun. Um, But, you know, I kind of want to talk to you again about, 
just kind of where we're at at this stage, Paige will be 20 next month. So, you know, it's, it's, it's always scary. You know, we do the guardianship, we do the SSI, we do all of the things. And I keep thinking to myself, just as I did when Skylar was maybe 16 and I'm like, gosh, when he turns 18, I'm going to have to do all of these things. And then when he turns 22, I'm going to have to start looking for adult programs and other services. And it seems so far away and he'll be 19 in April. And, you know, with Paige turning 20 next month, what have you kind of thought about, has anything changed, I guess, from 18 when you did the guardianships and all that stuff with her future plans for adult services and things? Okay. Well, let me first say that it is like right now I'm not in a panic, but I'm kind of, it's, it's like when you said, like when you're, when your child turns 18, you have to do, you know, conservatorship or guardianship and, and special needs trusts and SSI and navigate all those, all those federal and local things. But when they turn, when Paige turns 22 in the state of California, you no longer get to be in a school program. They have adult day programs, but the hard part right now for me is finding one. Mm-hmm. So um, there are no programs because there are so many of our kids that are getting older now and they didn't set up any of these programs. So there's like an influx of, you know, kids, I call them kids, but young adults coming into the system and there's no placements. There are year waiting lists. Yep. I know a mom that's been waiting over a year, well, because of the pandemic as well, but her child has been at home with no program. And it's, it's, you hear tons of people with that. So what I'm trying to do is I'm looking at different programs now that she's turning, you know, 20. So we have two years to figure it out. So one, I started our own nonprofit. So Mm -hmm. do that type of thing. And I'm starting to branch out and do get more people familiar with Paige so that I can have respite come and help me during the day or with her organization, her nonprofit. I know we're going to talk about that. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to get all of these things kind of pre-done so that when she's 21, I can have them in place. So I'm probably going to have to make my own program for her. Well, and you had told me many times before about California and the way that things are kind of set up. Can you explain the, the system where, you know, the state gives you the funding and you set up her therapy schedules and you decide what type of therapy is best for her. And then, you know, you just submit and they you don't have to go through all these steps for approval and finding providers and all that stuff. You set it up and it, and does that continue as an adult or does that also stop at 22? It does. So oh, the, damn. the fortunate thing that we have here in California is called self-determination. I'm sure they might have similar things in other States, but here California, let me just say is a great state if you have a disability, because you do get many, many services that other States do not get. And So with self-determination, it's through your regional center. Prior to self-determination, you would use regional center for things like respite. So you would have a certain amount of hours 
a month, say you had 10 hours a month of respite, you chose a respite company. Mm-hmm. And then you called said company and you found a provider. And then they would come over to your home and provide respite for you to go on date nights or to take page places, any, anything like that, any kind of respite help that you would need. So now you still have that option. You can still go that route or you can take all that money that they use for that, that they give that provider, the the company, Mm -hmm. and you now get that money. So Paige gets that money. So for I'll use us for an example because I don't care. I'll tell you. (laughs) 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 um, So Paige gets about $20,000 a year to spend. Because she is the max like need, no, right? That's, she, that's not even the max. It gets oh my better. gosh. It gets okay. better as you get older. So we only service we had from regional center was respite care. So we had, I think it was a hundred and hundred hours a quarter or something like that. And we always and then I used some COVID hours and we also had uh Oh my gosh, I'm blanking. Oh, independent living services. We had that. So we had 10 hours a month for that through regional center that they were going to send somebody over to help her with skill, you know, living skills, like life skills at home. But then 2020 hit. So we never mm-hmm. used that. But that was put into our budget. And this just became available to everybody in the state of California recently like just October of last year, it became available to everybody. So we now, so I take that budget. So we have a budget through regional center. So I take that budget and you have to have somebody tell regional center what you're going to use that money for. So we had a, it's called person-centered planning. Mm -hmm. So I I had a, a person do that. And he went through everything that Paige enjoys. So horseback riding and- oh, I love know, that. Yeah, physical things mm-hmm. and her spelling to communicate mm-hmm. and you know even technology, if she would need a new computer or a new iPad, they put that in the budget. So then we come up with the codes for regional center for respite and all, you know, all the other things you could do equestrian, you could do anything you want because it's self-determination. So you're determining what you want to do. So you, te- you have all of this budget. And for us, we put some into respite. So some into out-of-home respite, meaning that a provider will come in that I hire mm-hmm. and that they come in and will take her to the beach, to the zoo, to the movie, like anywhere, you know, anywhere. And then we also have in-home respite that I chose somebody, they come in the home for date nights and things like that, just to hang with Paige. And we use our spelling to communicate. So before I was paying out of pocket for that. So am I. <laughs> yep. Now it is a part of our budget because it's communication. So it's to help her communicate. So now that is a part of our budget. So that gets paid by the regional center for Paige to go and do spelling to communicate. And it's not cheap, as you know. It's not mm-hmm. cheap. And so we're grateful for that. It, I told Chad jokingly, I said, 
this is the first time ever I've not had to pay for something in her 19 years of living. Yeah. Right? So, and then whatever money we have, we we're going to do vision therapy again and whatever money we have left over, I allocated it for a new computer for Paige because she really needs a new desktop computer for her spelling to communicate. So in a roundabout sort of way, it's money that the regional center would have spent anyway. They are now giving it to us, to directly to us. I mean, there's other, there's other things that you need to do to, in order to, you know, qualify, you have to have a financial management service. So you're not getting the money. You're it's right. Going- I'm sure that could get abused quite easily if people oh, I'm sure. you know, didn't show justification. I just love that though, because parents know their kids best. And, you know, right. I've always been, our pick lists have only existed with um, speech therapy, PT, OT, and some respite, which we can never find a provider for that. But um, it's all therapies that I, I know would be beneficial to Skylar and stuff, but he doesn't always want to just do that. I mean, I think it would be so awesome if there was horseback riding available and things like that, but they don't look at any of that waiver service is what we get. And it's, you know, he has a very small budget, just like most people do. It's not enough to do anything with, um, but they don't let him do anything fun. What kid wants to do therapy all day, every day for 22 years, you know? And that was the point, I believe the point of self-determination and the regional center they've had this money for 20 years that they've been, you know, stockpiling doing who knows what with, but if I had, if I used my respite, if I didn't use my respite hours, then I lost them. Mm-hmm. So then that's just money that's sitting there yep. that could have been used for something. And so that's why they came up for, with this program, you know, there's bugs and things that they still need to work out. Mm-hmm. And they had a pilot program for a couple of years. But now everybody has the choice to do it. I mean, and some people do not want to do it because it is work. It's work in the mm-hmm. beginning and it's like anything. And once you figure it out, then it gets a little bit easier. You do have to use every cent of your budget in order to keep the budget. And once your young adult, your child turns 22 and are out of school, it doubles and sometimes triples in budget so and you still have to use it all you, you have still to, have to show that you can use it all okay yeah and well yeah because you allocate the money into each category but but that goes for a day program if you wanted to do something like that or if you wanted to have somebody help you and we have a couple of of, of i keep saying kids but they're young adults they're like 20 23 and 24 they use respite workers to come with, to come with them and help them to Paige's pantry and they come with them. So they're using those hours to volunteer at our organization. I gotcha. Well, so like you were saying, I mean, there's a lot of kids, Skylar and Paige's age that are getting close to, it's almost like the, the next level of baby boomers. Like there's just so many kids that were diagnosed at the same time as Skylar and Paige in the early 2000s. And they're all coming of age to where most states it's 22. I think Michigan, it's 27, um, Mm -hmm. which just keeps reminding me like move there. (laughs) But (laughs) um, yeah, I know. But, um, you know, they're all becoming at the age where we need all these services and there aren't services. So 
it's it's like a catch 22 there's all this money and it's great that this that the state of california for example has all this money to provide families but if you can't allocate all of that stuff to a day program or whatever because none exist or in our case you know a lot of, we have two day programs that i know of um and they were shut down they still are shut down i think for even touring them so i can kind of see what's involved for Skylar for adult programs, but one of the two he can't go to because of not being toilet trained and because he can occasionally have aggression or hit or behavior issues and they won't deal with any of that. So then we're limited to one, which may or may not have an opening for him. And then what do I do? Do I take, (laughs) do I quit my job and then stay here? Because I know that you told me too, in California, they try to encourage parents, one of the parents to stay home and they kind of compensate you, I guess, to stay home instead of finding a facility to, um, you know, place your child in. That's called in-home support service. So they pay you, right? You cannot work. You have, you take care of your child rather than having them be in a state institution or out of the, out of the home. So basically in-home support service, you can use it. You can work full time. And you can have a provider that comes in and you pay them. But a lot of parents, they choose to say, is it a lot? Of, uh, is it a lot of money per hour? No, you know, it's right. a little bit above minimum wage, mm-hmm. but it's not, if you're, if you are, and this is a whole nother topic, if you are a parent provider, you're not taxed. So basically it's money you're getting from the state. So, and I mean, if anybody ever wants to know about it, they can message me, but they, they do give a lot of things here, but is it expensive to live here? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's nice that they compensate you guys in that way to, if you stay home and, you know, continue to raise page, but this caveat to that is it's freaking exhausting. And you, I mean, you're yeah. 19, almost 20 years in and you never get a break. No. I mean, I get the point of them doing that because you don't want to have overrun assisted living facilities and group homes and things like that. Even those are vacant you know, we can't find vacancies in any place like that either, but you just, you need a break. You, you just need a break from it all. You know, it you is. never stop raising your child. It is. It's true. It's, it's hard because now that Paige is older, you know, I am the one providing everything for her because, you know, the male, female. So it's like Chad feels uncomfortable doing certain things. Of course. So yeah. If I wanted to go anywhere, like on a girl's trip or, you know, overnight somewhere or on a vacation by myself or whatever, I would need to find somebody that could stay here and help 24 seven with Paige. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, and that's just because, you know, Chad feels a little uncomfortable and I don't blame him. I don't either. For- yeah. So it's, and I would rather have, you know, somebody helping her and it's, you know, how it is. It's like, mm-hmm. you need to like, you know, tell her this, that, you know, give her the list of things to do, but, but it's just awkward for him. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, well, but it's, hard. it's hard right now too, because a lot of the schools, there's all the COVID stuff. So there's no staff, there's, you know, no openings in places. Cause like you said, there's nothing open. It's the same here right now. And mm-hmm. it's going to get, it's going to get even worse because there's so many kids that are going to turn 22, like at the same time, Paige's class, there's nine of them. And that's just one classroom that are all, <laughs> that are 
change. <laughs> oh my gosh. That is crazy. Yeah. Man. I know. I'd love to do the research on that and the number. I know. Like, so why, why that happens. We're going to have, we're going to, well, well, we're, it's, it's just like, as parents, we always say things like you need to, this needs to happen, or there should be more things, or there should be, you know, more of this and more of that, but it's not never going to happen. So as parents have to make it happen. And that's the hardest part. Mm-hmm. Which is why I love your idea. How long has it been? Has it been a couple of years now since Paige's Pantry kind of came to you and the whole idea of doing that? And um, I want you to explain kind of how that came to be and, and what it is and how it's evolved. I mean, it's a big deal at this point. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Yes. I'm very proud of you. <laughs> Thanks. So in 2020, I mean, I'll, I'll just go give you a quick uh explanation of when it started so 2020 of course the lockdown happened and Paige happened to turn 18 a couple of days before the big lockdown hers mm-hmm. was March 16th and I think the world closed at the 19th so <laughs> so her she was in limbo for about a month ish and I finally talked to her teacher and I said well what are we going to do she's not an online type learner She'll, and I, and I also said, you know, you do, I said, great, you're doing this online stuff with her, but it's 20 minutes, you know, in the, in, at 9am and then they take a break and then they come back at noon. I go, what am I supposed to do all day? Like, yeah. what am I supposed to do with her all day? It's not like she can independently do classroom work. I said, what am I supposed to do? You know, so I am giving her the choice since she's 18, whether she wants to wake up or not and go on the computer and look at the things that you have, which weren't great, you know, mm-hmm. they, weren't, they weren't great. So I was now doing the curriculum for Paige and I'm not a homeschooler. I try to, <laughs> <laughs> I am not into that. I am not into doing all that planning and stuff. So um, anyway, she had a agriculture goal as part of her IEP and they have raised bed gardens at her school and they're pretty, they're huge, they're big and they would plant and water and weed and harvest and that kind of thing and she loved it. She loved doing it. So I was thinking, what the heck are we going to do? I can do a backyard garden and so we started that and I got, you know, blueberry bush or whatever for her. And, you know, that's kind of boring. So her teacher said, well, why don't you come over to my house? I have uh, an orchard with some citrus trees. And I go, okay. And she was about, <laughs> you know, 40 minutes from us. So field I trip, just, field trip, right. And I'm like, anything, uh, anything, I need anything to do. So we went to her house. She was about 40 minutes and I just grabbed a, like a, a plastic tub out of my garage and some, you know, pruning shears. And we went over there and I tell you what, she just thrived. She loved it. I said, okay, Paige, here's the tree. Here's how you cut these oranges off the branches. And she was just super, super quick. filled up like two buckets full of oranges. And I said, wow, what are we going to do with this now? Yeah. We can't do all these oranges. And I asked her teacher, I said, hey, can you send me, can you send out an email to all the school staff asking them if they would like a free delivery of citrus, like oranges and grapefruits and limes and things. 
lemons. And she goes, okay. And so the first week we had 10 people sign up and we took just regular bags, plastic bags, bagged them up, got the addresses, headed out in the car. And that's how it all started. And we just started mm -hmm. delivering to doors. And so Paige, and she loved it. She loved going up to the door and dropping everything off. And we, to work on her typing goal, I said, okay, Paige, we are going to write a letter every week and we'll print it out and we will put it in each bag. So she wrote a letter saying thank you to whoever gave us the citrus, you know, thanks to whoever uh, donated that week. And she would write recipes for everything. Simple, like how to make freshly squeezed orange juice. She would write the recipe out. And then we started, you know, Googling things like recipes and she would copy and paste. So we're working on all of those, you know, fine motor skills plus the typing and in communication too, because she would have to ask me to look things up for her. So then once uh, her teacher's trees were pretty bare, we found we found a couple more staff members that had different things like avocados. You know, they had avocados in their yard, and then I found some growers group on growers groups on Facebook, and I shared our story. And we had so many people reach out to us saying, like, "Come on over, we have loquats or lemons or grapefruits or whatever it was." And we started doing that, and we started getting more and more people. And then I started a group on Facebook, a private group with just all autism parents. And I said, hey, this is what we're doing. If you would like a bag of produce, just fill out this form and send us your address and we can deliver. So in 2020, we drove over 5,000 miles around, you know, around San Diego because nobody lives close to one another. <laughs> nope. <laughs> and the coolest thing is, I started to reach out to farmers and farmers were donating produce to us, fresh produce that they had. And also groups that have, that do, uh, I guess, food boxes so that they're saving things from going into landfills. Mm -hmm. It's a company called More Than Apples. So they get things that are, that have, are about to expire, just expired, or things that are rebranding, like anything like that. So they get all of this food and they distribute it out to people. So they would give us their produce and they still do. They still give us their produce. So I thought, hey, you know, more kids would probably like to do this because it's, it's you know, it's simple. It's giving them an opportunity to learn organization and being a part of the community and learning about how we can help those who are experiencing food insecurities and help them get on a, a better path and also saving things from landfills that would normally, you know, just go to a landfill and just mm -hmm. rot it forever. So in October of 2020, I said, no, wait, yes, October, because then January it was approved. So. October, I applied for a nonprofit status and we called ourselves Pages Pantry. And we now we got nonprofit status. We it was all in my garage, like every mm -hmm. good, right? 
<laughs> yep. Every startup that you've heard of probably started in a garage. So we were in a garage. So we started getting donations from people, $5, you know, $10, $20, you know, random people started sending money to us. And I purchased a, a commercial size refrigerator because it does get hot here. So we would place the things that would be perishable in the fridge. And every week we, you know, we just graduated to different bags and stamping, you know, getting a stamp and all these kind of things. So it's just slowly progressing over time. And so now, so fast forward to 20, 2020, all through 2020, all through 2021, we do every single week. We take two weeks off a year and that's at between Christmas and New Year's mm -hmm. because we found it hard and I'm still learning. Let me just say that <laughs> I, I am not, I have never owned a business. I have never done any nonprofit work. I am going in with no knowledge, but what I found on Google and from other, other friends that I have that I have nonprofits. So <laughs> it is definitely a learning process. And I'm the type of person that I I'm just like, let's just go for it and we'll mm -hmm. figure it out. You know, I'll just figure it out as I go. Kind of like the podcast in the yep. Autism Masterminds group and everything. I'm just like, whatever, you know, like yep. I'll figure it out. It's, it's going to go the way it's going to go. So, and there'll be people to help me, you know, along the way. And of course I'm going to make mistakes and, and all that's happened, you know, but I'm like, okay, so uh, what I, what motivates me is to provide something for Paige for the future. Mm -hmm. That's what motivates me. And then also now for others, others to do the same thing. So last year we distributed in 2021, we distributed over 43,000 pounds of produce. And now we've branched out to other things. So we were doing proteins and our group has grown. We have a couple hundred people in our group. And, and now there's people that I don't even know who they are. So that's, I, I find that great that it's no longer just my friends, but it's, mm -hmm. our, it's our whole community. And a friend of mine offered her office that she wasn't using. So now we actually have a location and I've bought freezers and bags and all these things. And, and we're still on a, a budget and I'm still funding a lot of it, but we're applying for grants now and I'm learning that whole route. But the coolest thing is we have 40 rotating volunteers. So 40 kids on the spectrum are coming in and volunteering. Paige's entire class comes in on Fridays and bags produce to give to the school staff. So we're still, we're still providing what we originally did. We call them the OGs. So the OGs are still our, our customers. Mm -hmm. So they put now her classes bagging up the produce and, and taking it back to school. But so it's been a learning process, but it's also been great to see how everything's evolved. So, I'm not, isn't your new location now, do people pull up and get their produce? Yeah. Uh, I assume you post, I think I've seen all of your TikToks and stuff and you kind of said everybody at the, at the beginning of the week, you're like, we have this, you know, all of this supply, tell us what you want or place your order or whatever. And then so you're no longer running around delivering to everyone, right? Uh, we, well, we stopped delivering when Paige had enough. 
Yeah. <laughs> that uh, could wear her out. When Paige had enough. And then we, over time, it's been different ways. We've had pickups at our home. Mm-hmm. So they would, you know, we had specific times that people would come in and, and just drive up and pick up. And it was like target pickup. Yeah. Put it in their trunk. And then we had other volunteers who would come over, package things, and then deliver them for us, you know, just in our little vicinity here. Mm-hmm. And then we still have that. We still have our volunteers that take orders from friends and family or anybody in need, and they will come and get bags and then deliver to them. So there's there's two options. You can either, you know, come and bag up for the masses, or you can come and you can do your own, get your own customers, which is kind of fun because they have to communicate and I give them a form to explain what we're doing, but they, they're meeting their neighbors. They're commu- you know, communicating with them. They're packing everything up and they're bringing it back to them. So it's like a full circle mm-hmm. and they're being involved. And also their neighbors are learning about them and they're learning about autism. We actually have a new volunteer who our volunteers are probably 17 and older mm-hmm. so far that we have, um, you know, cause of liability insurance and stuff like that. But, and each one of them comes with a, a provider, a respite provider or, um, or somebody like their parent or something. But we recently have Christopher who has autism and he's blind and he's 41 years old and he Aww. is the coolest, coolest <laughs> ever. And he just, he takes his time and the person that's with him will say, okay, what does this feel like and everything? And so it's like, it's heartwarming to see. Oh, I didn't think about that. He's just like, like smiling ear to ear, like that he's doing something. Yeah. You know, and he can't even see what he's doing. He's just, he's just feeling his way. Just happy to be included, you know, and have a purpose. And then his mom was like crying to me saying like, thank you so much for having, and I'm like, okay, are you coming back next week? (laughs) We need his help. Yeah, exactly. We need your help and, you know, come back anytime. So that's another part of it is it's, it's very inclusive and we will make any sort of accommodation that the person needs. When Paige first started, she needed a template when I, I, would put out and you can see like on TikTok and stuff how I do it or Instagram it's you know I just put the number of that goes in the bag like three apples two oranges a bunch of bananas you know that kind of thing two avocados I put the number and then if they need a template that has four circles the picture, on there, mm-hmm. then we can do that we can do that for anybody so smart and we've had it all we've had every single I mean, trial and error, everything. So Mm -hmm. there are a lot. And the funny thing is, or the cool thing is like Paige doesn't even need that anymore. And there's a lot of uh, volunteers that don't even need the template anymore because they now know how. And one mom said to me, I didn't, my daughter didn't know how to count, but now she can count because of packing produce. That's really cool. You know, that that happened. So it's, it's more than giving away food. It's about our kids and including them and giving them a purpose and something to do and, and learning around, you know, learning everything. So really we're, we're a nonprofit that teaches 
and we just so happen to do it by giving away food. I just, there's just so many benefits all the way around, <laughs> you know? I mean, really, it's just, it's crazy. Cause I, gosh, I remember when we talked, shoot, even in like 2019, maybe or something. And you were like, I think I'm going to get a farm. And yeah. <laughs> you were like all about like teaching page farming and stuff. And then you were like, you know what? She absolutely hates this. Like she doesn't want anything to do with farms and all that stuff. And I love when parents like you just on a random trip to your teacher's house, cutting oranges down that to see her smile and get so excited about that. And that evolved something like this. I just, I'm never going to give up. And I always say, I never give up, but I just wish I could find that thing for Skylar. I feel like I tried to, um, introduce him to everything and anything, you know, whether it's music, whether it's stuff, you know, food, going to the store with me, whatever it is, he just doesn't seem like anything clicks with him. He doesn't like get excited about anything. So I'm like, Uh, I was right where you are. Mm -hmm. I said the same thing. I'm like, nothing clicks with Paige. She doesn't want to do anything. Like I thought she would want to do this, but she doesn't. The same thing happened. And then it just all fell it just all fell in front of me and mm-hmm. it'll happen. It'll happen to you too. I mean, there's, yeah. some, there's a lot of parents that they said the same thing and, and really this, it didn't have to evolve. Like I didn't, and it's a lot of work and I don't sleep and <laughs> I like, I'm killing myself, you know, doing half of half of the things, especially like lifting a lot of things, but it's, I know that it's, a learning curve. And I know that I want to, I, I'm the type of person I figured out that I'm that type of type of business owner that wants to do every single thing. So I know how it's done and that mm-hmm. I show somebody how I did it and how it worked best for me. And maybe they can do something else. And I've learned so much from so many people, people will come in and go, I have an easier way. And I'm like, well, show me, you yeah. know, it's like, I appreciate the help. I never want to be the smartest person in the room. I mm-hmm. want to learn all the things. And I mean, and yeah. I do, and I ask the dumbest questions to people with nonprofits. And I will, I will just, I've actually emailed like big companies, big nonprofits. And I go, how did you do this? Like, how did you become who you are today? How did you, how did you that? Do you have any advice for me? Do you have any, I want to be where you are someday. And so I want to know, are there steps? And a couple of people email me back, like CEOs of companies, big nonprofits, and one of them was Autism Speaks and they, they were so helpful and knowledgeable and they're like, we love what you're doing and here's how we did this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that That's was, smart. you know, it's, it's just reaching out to people, even if mm-hmm. you don't know anything and asking, asking for help. And, you know, I don't care. I'll just ask people. And I think that also comes with age and we, I know we have the same birthday. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> But, you know, and now I was just telling Chad, I said, I don't even care anymore. I'll just, now I know why older people always would speak up and speak their mind because they're not intimidated by anybody anywhere Mm -hmm. anymore. And so that's why I, now I'm, it's kind of easier for me to, and one, I don't shut up and two, it's like, you know, it's just easier for me to ask, ask for help rather than try. I mean, I try to figure it out myself sometimes, but if I'm like frustrated and I don't know, even like, where do you get your t-shirts printed? Like, I don't know anything mm-hmm. about t-shirts. I I'm asking different people. I'm like, Hey, yeah. I like your shirt. 
where did you get that printed? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's smart to use your resources. I think we become more resourceful. We do. Older, older people also. <laughs> older people and as autism parents, because we yeah. have to figure all that out, you know, on our own. And yep. I mean, and, and that's too, like why I started the Autism Masterminds group, mm -hmm. because it's not affiliated with an organization or anything like that. So that we could just chat as parents and caregivers yep. and not have to worry about giving a donation or any, you know, anything like that. So that, so that we can freely speak about SSI or, or even day programs like that kind of thing, or assisted living. A lot of yep. our, a lot of our parents are going through that right now. Um, just trying yeah. to find, find placement for our kids as they get older. And we still think of them as our little babies, but they're getting older. And sometimes you do things that you would have never thought you were going to do and hard things, like really hard things. I um, just feel like, you know, with, with the podcast, the very little, I feel like I do very little compared to what you're doing and so many other parents, that. No, but it's like, if that. each of us do a little piece, I almost feel like personally, I don't know if anyone else feels the same way with children. I'm sorry, young adults, our kids age, but um, <laughs> I almost feel like an obligation to like do all of these things and to, to be there for the parents with the little kids at this point, because nobody was there for us. Nobody was speaking out, but they didn't have the means to It's It's definitely yeah. no dig on parents with, you know, 30 year olds um, at this point or whatever. It's just, we didn't have social media. We didn't have the internet much. Right. We didn't have anything to communicate right. with each other. So I just, I want to share every single thing so that there are more nonprofits like yours. There are more um, ideas like Sylvia had about, you know, creating your own environment for your adult child to live with a care provider. So they don't have to live with you. Cause you know, one of the biggest things that I took away from our conversation was, you know, her um, caretaker and respite provider, Matt yeah. telling her like, Austin doesn't want to live with you forever. I mean, he wants a life of his own too. And I never thought about that from Skylar. I mean, I kind of joke, like who'd want to live with me and Josh for the rest of his life because we're <laughs> annoying, but um, it's, you know, it's true. He, although he's not going to move out at 18 and go to college, like yeah. my daughter will, he still probably doesn't want to do the same routine with us all day till he's in his fifties either. Right. So it's just well, figuring out what it is. Right. That's you. That's what mm -hmm. you do and want him to do. And so I've, I've also come to that realization, like we bought the house we're living in now four page. So Chad and I will move somewhere, but it's, I know that she, oh, one, she doesn't like me right now, you know, cause she's a teenage girl and, um, but, you know, Chad's her favorite. So there's that, yeah. but, <laughs> but it's, I know that she does, she's different with other people. She's different at school. She's different with the respite providers. Yep. She'll last, you know, all day long at the zoo with somebody else with me she's like what time is it like is it time to go you know that kind of thing because I'm boring yep I think that if she if she lived in this house and we had a couple of providers that lived here with her then she'd probably love it I mean one it would she'd have the run of the place you know and they would be her guests so they you know they would do whatever she wanted to do so, yeah. And I mean, I always think of it as how was I, when I was Paige's age, I wanted mm -hmm. to get out of the house. Heck yeah, I man. I bolted. 
I wanted to go to college. I wanted to do things. Did I love my mom? Of course I did. Did I want to still visit her? Yeah. But I wanted to be on my own. So I always think of Paige just like I was. Instead of having, you know, a disability, I'm thinking about her as a person, Mm -hmm. as a teen, like a typical teenager and wanting to do whatever, you know, whatever she wants to do. And we'll, we'll try all sorts of things. I mean, maybe one day she won't like doing the pantry mm-hmm. anymore. And we'll find but it's still else. established and other kids are benefiting from that. So, and I mean, and it's not, it's not nearly where we want to go in the future. Where I really want to do is have a, a physical store where people can come in and, and shop for free mm-hmm. and they can choose the items because a lot of times when people are experiencing food insecurity, they get there's resources available and but they give you what they give you and you don't get to choose what you want so if you don't want whole milk and you want almond milk you're not going to get that so and you can't you know pick or choose anything so i want to have a place where our kids can come in and they can pack shelves they can help people find products they can clean up they can make recipes they can you know all these things that they can do and people that need it can come in and shop for things that they like or if they have any dietary restrictions they can come in and shop and make them feel like they're not going through something hard and we're just giving them a little bit of ease and you know being able to you don't even know how many times that people have made me smile and and basically cry because they tell me you don't even know how much this means to my family right now <clears throat> to get food mm-hmm. and healthy and, food too and healthy mm-hmm. food and just to get food and you know not and right now we just can't afford it and yeah. you you definitely have helped us so I didn't even see that coming yeah. I that's just saw- a byproduct of yeah, I trying to help your daughter with do something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I the part of Paige, you know, packing up some produce in a bag mm-hmm. and handing it out to a teacher or staff member who who appreciate it. They oh, they love me now because I give them all sorts of stuff. But the it's it's different when you see that part of it, and then you're like, okay. And that's when I changed our the mission to have two a mission statement and a vision of what we're gonna mm-hmm. well you future. You mentioned early on about, um, you know, Paige typing out the, the stuff. And I just, I want to, um, I don't want to gloss over that. I want to talk quickly about just the spelling to communicate. Um, and I didn't even know Paige was doing that when Skylar started the program. And I was, tell- I was so excited. I called you and I was telling you about it. And you're like, yeah, Paige does that. I'm like, what? How did I not know this? But um, I feel like the, the short time, and because it's only been a year and a half that we've been doing that with Skylar, yeah. I have learned so much more about him as a person, you know, mm-hmm. as we talked about his future and finding things he wants to do and yeah. him as a person and what he's passionate about. I feel like I know him better now because I've seen how much he knows and how much he has absorbed from, you know, being around us and, and hearing the news and just everything that's going on in the world around him. So I'm like, okay, now I can, I feel like I should have felt this a long time ago, but I feel like I can have a more adult conversation with him, even if he's not responding to me yet about, you know, your future and what do you want to do and where do you want to move to? And, 
you know, is there a state that you think you want to move to? Because he probably knows more about geography than his mother, who's terrible <laughs> at that subject. But um, so have you, how has Paige's communication evolved, you know, over the years with things? And has this Paige's pantry helped her um, increase, you know, just going to the door even and greeting people? Has she become a little bit more communicative with, with people through this, this nonprofit and for spelling? She, she has. And I mean, we're at the point now that she's been doing it for a few years, but she's at, and it's a slow process. Mm-hmm. If anybody is starting and, and by the way, don't look in the past, forget the past, you know, if, if you should have known this and that, and that it's, you know, you're doing what you're doing now and you're and you found that Skylar can, you know, communicate with, with um, spelling. So just move forward and think about that. I know. I'm so hard on myself. I think all of us are. (laughs) Because now it's like, but the way I think about it is I learn new stuff all the time. Hell, I'm Mm -hmm. learning how to run a nonprofit. Who would have known that? That wasn't in my wheelhouse. I wanted to retire and sit at the beach all day. (laughs) Nothing, actually. (laughs) I can't still. But I wanted to travel and do all these other things. But now it's like, now I'm doing this and it was one day a week. Now it's like every day of the week, you know, that kind of thing. But with Paige, she, she does, it's, I tell you, the pandemic was great for Paige because she got to do her own thing and we went at a slower pace. She got to learn things and sleep in and it wasn't like a, a she wasn't stuck in a routine. So that really helped her. But with the spelling, it's like now she can, she's up, you know, she's doing the 24 letters. With me, she doesn't want to do it as much because I'm the mother, you know, mm-hmm. but um, with her spelling partner, it's like she spells out all sorts of stuff and I'm sitting right there. I'm watching her and, you know, I'm getting to know her little personality more and she does have some words and she does greet people, you know, all the time and and with the delivering everything, we didn't really see anybody because it was at the at doors, but she's definitely more um, open and, and she asks for help all the time with things. And she's now, she's pointing to things and asking like what things are finally, like kind of like, um, you know, I don't even know what age, like maybe four when, you know, what is that, like that kind of thing. And she's, and, and that's opened up a lot you know, like, what is this thing that I'm looking at? And we also use, um, she still uses the touch chat and she can type her answers out if I ask her a question, but it's, it's really slow, but mm-hmm. it's starting to do a lot more. And with the, with the pantry letters, she will, and she was really gung-ho about it for so long. And then we hit a wall. And so uh, I let her take a break for a while. And I'm like, okay, you don't want to do this. Because I was like, come on, we need to get. And I'm like, what am I doing? This is supposed to be fun for her. You know? <laughs> it's supposed to be fun, damn it. And, uh, it's supposed to be fun for you. Sit down and do it. So anyway, long story short, she, she is getting better at the spelling as, we, as, as she goes. So, and it's, you know, I, I think of it as I learn new stuff all the time. So she has time. Mm-hmm. She has time to learn new things and, and explore new things. But I am just, I'm proud of her because we didn't get to go anywhere for over a decade. And then we went and stayed, 
you know, a few days at an Airbnb and she did fine. And we did that twice. And now we're actually having work done on our home and there'd be no way prior to 2020 that we could have gone anywhere. And she just home, home, home. Like she would just say it over and over and over again and want to come home to the point where we couldn't take it anymore. So we would drive her home. But now with construction, you can't live in the house, you know, especially as the mm-hmm. kitchen. But so, you know, I'm very proud of her that she can adapt to new situations. Is that because of age? I don't know. If, yeah. Is it because of, is it because of, you know, 2020, we really couldn't go anywhere or do anything? Maybe. Okay, she's sick of being home too, <laughs> like the rest of us. But now, now though, we had like a, a late start to school. So she kind of, I think, got concerned that she wasn't going to be able to go to go back to school again. And I'm just hoping that they won't close anything down again, yeah. because I think that would just be devastating for her because she's finally in a routine again where she likes going to school. I think that's one of my worries though, too, is, you know, when Skylar turns 22 and his, he can no longer go to his ABA program um, that he goes to every single day year round. And that all of a sudden he wakes up and every day is like a Saturday. Like, what are we going to do today? Like, I I don't have any place to go. If he's going to love that, or if he's going to struggle with not having a a set routine and we're going to have to come up with one. I just don't want to get to that place where I feel like still at 22, 23, 30, that I have to entertain him every minute of the day because he's never been an iPad kid. He never, ever will go any place by himself and just sit, you know, and play on his iPad or anything like that. He doesn't, he throws the iPad. He doesn't have any interest (laughs) in it. So he can't be alone to just have some quiet time in his room or whatever. So it's constantly us entertaining him. And if we don't, we kind of get smacked or whatever, like I'm bored, do something with me or, you know, wrestle with me, Josh. That's the big one. Yeah, I get that. I totally get that because I I did that for years where, where I, and I still do, I still feel, I feel guilty if she's on YouTube, you know, at night, but then I'm thinking, okay, Chad's watching something on TV and I'm listening to a podcast or I'm doing something right. And then I thought, okay, why do I need to entertain her 24-7? Like mm-hmm. she needs to be independent and do her own thing. So does she watch too much TV or com- she just uses the computer? Uh, yeah, 100% does. And do I feel guilty about it all the time? Of course I do. But after years and years and years of doing the same thing, constantly entertaining, buying new things. Like I, I was the number one uh, supporter of Kiwi crates. <laughs> Oh, really? <laughs> I want to do all these crafts and all these things. And then like a science subscription, like I did them all book subscription, like all of these things, because I felt like I constantly had an entertainer. And as you know, it's exhausting. Mm-hmm. And Paige is still a non sleeper. So it's, it's totally exhausting. And by, you know, hour 12, you're like, go watch YouTube. I don't care. Well, yeah, that I mean, kind of yeah, that's hard. But I know it, that is unfortunate that Skylar isn't a tech guy, but maybe he will be in the future. And you'll be like sitting there one day going, what's different? Yeah. Like, you do that all the time. Like, what's different? Something yes. different. And then you're like thinking back, oh, she's not doing that anymore. Yeah. You know? 
running around. Yep. Like- well, we laugh because, you know, of the spelling and stuff. And mm-hmm. I just, I'm waiting for the day that open communication is his fluency and he's, yeah. you know, typing and he's really advanced in it. And he's yeah. like, you know, I'm bored. I want to go do this. And he tells yeah. me, if he tells me what he wants to do, oh my God, believe me, I've all I know. That be fun? I will jump at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know it'll be there. It's just, you know, waiting. And I think one thing that um, I always try to point out, and I, I don't do a good enough job of it with spelling to communicate, yeah. obviously every kid is different and yeah. every single process takes however long it takes. Mm-hmm. You can't rush that. And Skylar's motor delay causes his progress to be a little slower than a lot of people because he he's exhausted by like word number four yeah because he's had to work so hard to do to identify the letters and do all of that stuff so typing will be a, a while off for us but he's already using the 26 board which is faster than I thought he would so yeah, <laughs> I'm just like awesome. see yeah. that like, that took Paige a long time like she's just now getting to the 26 where she's comfortable and it's the same thing with her. It's not motor, but it's her eyes. Mm-hmm. So she has, you know, an eye turn. So she yep. like, it's hard for her to focus and they still have to warm up on the three boards. Oh, we do. We intermingle them. It's, it's hard, the you know, it's, it's hard to do, but she's doing it. Mm-hmm. So, and I mean, and I've seen a lot of kids and that's one reason why you should move out here too, because <laughs> let me tell you the lady, and she was actually on my podcast, Don Marie. She's yes. fabulous. She is, she not only gives us her space, <laughs> that's who gives us her space for Paige's pantry. Yeah. She's expanded, but she has, they call them Ohana outings. And we just had a silent disco for Valentine's day. I saw that post. Yeah. At her, at her, um, at her office. And she, she's like, Oh, does Paige want to do that for her birthday? Come on over. You know, so, I mean, it's just like our community here is, is so strong and supportive of one another. So that's the great part, but I've seen so many students of hers, you know, do evolve and then go back and then, you know, regress and then evolve again and then, you know, come out stronger. So it's yeah. just, it just takes time. Yep. And it's all about the communication partner. And thankfully Skyler likes me and he likes spelling with me at this point, you know, so that's good. Fingers crossed. He doesn't end up hating I know, me. That's what I, tell, well, I want to train somebody else because she Paige is like, no, no, thank you. <laughs> not you. <Mm-mm. laughs> not me. Not Chad. Not me. He's like, I don't like you people anymore. Just buy me my food. And that's all I want from you. <laughs> yes. That's what I need from you. Well, um, as we wrap up, you know, one thing I always like to ask mm-hmm. parents who've been at this a while, <laughs> I think we've been at this a while, yeah. like if there's anything that you would share, it doesn't have to be advice, but just something that you um, either wish someone would have told you back when Paige was, you know, younger, even middle school age, or something that you've just learned yourself about raising a child on the spectrum that is now a young adult that, you know, again, that would be helpful maybe for someone that's projecting out like in the future, like, oh gosh, what if this, what if that, um, anything at all? Right. I was a whatever for a Mm. long time. And I think that, you know, it's, it's what society tells you like, oh, they should be talking by three or five. Mm -hmm. They should be in a typical classroom with typical peers when they're in elementary school. And that's all well and good if that's for your child. But the thing that I would say is, you know, look at your own child. 
and see what they want to do, not what you want to do. Maybe they don't, maybe you, they don't want to do special needs baseball or soccer or anything like that. And just kind of in, I wish somebody would have told me about certain things like SSI or even um, conservatorship and the doing either the diploma, being diploma bound or doing um, life skills classes, you know, in that transition to adulthood. I wish somebody would have said, hey, at age 16, they're going to say, do you, you know, is your kid going to get a high school diploma or are they going to go into an adult transition program? And I would have said, oh, well, what does that look like? You know, that kind of thing. And I mean, I kind of already knew where she would go, but as a parent, you don't want to admit it. You always think that something's going to change and that, you know, in something that, but the thing that I would say is I wish I would have had these things in the back of my brain or even wrote them down when someone said conservatorship, I would have said, okay, I'm going to file that in my memory. And maybe I'm going to write that down to kind of look that up before my child turns 18, just to see what that's all about. Or the, or the, you know, finding an adult program, like right now, like, I'm just going to file that and think, okay, if I need that, I'm going to pull that up later. So, but I wish I would have been familiar with all of the different services and the different language that comes when your child is an adult, because we, you know, we already know all these acronyms, ABA and speech therapy and, you know, OT and all those things, but then you get a whole new set of them when they're older. And I just wish I would have known or people would have shared with me. And that's why I love your podcast is because you're sharing things with people so that they can start thinking about them. Mm-hmm. So that is, that's one thing that I would tell parents is that, Hey, you might not need this ever. You might not need it now, but having the knowledge is great. And just kind of file that away or write it down in your, in your phone or something. And if you need it and you pull it up later on in life and, you know, I yeah. just write little notes in my phone now, like, you know, for example, you know, 22, like just a list of programs that I hear about, like mm-hmm. look, look these things up. Not right now, but because there could be a two-year wait list too. So you need to get her. So, but just kind of look them up and see what they're all about and maybe go tour them or something. But all of those things, I mean, I was, I, I talked about it before, but I was kind of, um, just, what's the word for it? Just blindsided by Mm -hmm. the word transition program when we were at an IEP, because I wasn't expecting that yet. I thought that that happened, you know, right before she turned 18, but no, it happens when they're like 16 and you start talking about IEPs and then they're like, okay, so what's the plan? And I'm like, well, wait a minute. (laughs) I just, I just now learned about this word. So can we take a step back? And it upset me because I wasn't prepared for that meeting. You know, it's just that, to the next stage too. Exactly. I mean, it's very emotional because even okay. Paige's graduation that you just attended, it, yeah. I remember how emotional you were and, you know, I, I love that they did the formality of it, but it was so sad. Like, it's you know, like I, I didn't know that. And that's the thing is like, and Chad and I talk about this is, and we talked about it on our podcast too, about how you have to let go of certain things. And there's certain things like for Chad, it was, you know, teaching Paige to drive a car. For me, it was like looking at colleges and having her go to college and all that kind of stuff. 
And it's not like I never thought about like grandchildren or any any of those type of things. I always thought about the college experience and because I guess I had a great time, you know, going to college and, yeah. and looking at colleges and and just attending, attending and you know, learning about new things. So I wanted, I'm the one that wanted that for her, you know. So mm-hmm. and Chad's the one that wanted that for him. But it's, you know, she doesn't know anything about that. So it's that's just what I wanted for mm-hmm. her. But it is, it is, it's hard. And it's hard because I don't, I think about Paige, I think we talked about this before too. I think about Paige going to school until she's 22. I don't think about her having a graduation. And then the mm-hmm. school says to me, oh, here, we're going to do like a little ceremony. It's going to be all cute and stuff. And I'm like, what? She's 18, like, or 19. This isn't cute. <laughs> I'm like, what? And then, I mean, but then in my mind, I was like, not upset, but kind of depressed about the whole thing. And then I said, I need to change my mind. Yeah. I need to change it. I need to change it and make it a celebration for her. So I just, I said, you know, this is great. This is wonderful that she is, you know, at this stage, if it's a little certificate, who cares, you know, and she got to dress up in the outfit and she was so excited, especially because all the people were clapping for her and stuff like that. So I'm like, okay, this might be depressing for me and it might not mean anything, but it meant something for her that day. You know, it meant she doesn't understand what it, I don't think, you know, what it means to have a, you know, diploma or certificate from high school, but she was happy that day. Mm -hmm. made up a little song about her they had like icy stuff and we had a party for her you know and she's and I'm like you know what this is just like me graduating from high school and having a party so I'm going to do the same for Paige yeah and so that's what that's what I did and in the same it's the same for every birthday I try to yep you know go out and do what she wants to do normally it's a you know bonfire at the beach kind of thing you know just fun little fun little things and I still have to and I mean, I know you think about this too, and I know a lot of parents probably do is you always think of the things that you're missing, missing out on. And it's hard to switch, to switch that. So I will think about, and this is how I do it. I think, I think about those things. I let, I let myself think about them. I let myself think about, you know, daydream about, you know, going to colleges and things. And I do some good ones. We're at Stanford. We're at Harvard. You she's at Ivy League. You're touring schools because she's so freaking smart and she's yeah. got a scholarship, you know, that kind of thing. And, you know, and I, I just like, I daydream about that for a minute. And then I come back to reality and go, okay, well, that's not happening. So I can think about that all I want, but that's not how it's going to be. So yeah. um, I'm going to start thinking about the nonprofit and I'm going to start thinking about things because the older I get, I'm like, I can't wallow anymore yeah I need to get things done and I can't think about the past because it just makes me sad and depressed I, I have days yeah we all do they need us to you're sad and depressed yeah. and you're like because that my line is is this it this is it like <laughs> this is it like this is the rest of my life like this is it you know and and yeah. then I tell Chad I said you know I want to go on a uh, a big trip for my 50th uh birthday which you know we share the same day not the same year but the same day I'm right behind you though <laughs> and I, I, said, yeah, I go I want to do a big you know a big thing and of course you know uh Chad and I 
had a weird experience going somewhere. So now we're going yeah. on separate vacations. But I, uh, I said to him, I go, I'm going to Europe for my 50th birthday. I've never been. I want to go to you know England or Ireland or wherever. We'll figure it out. And I already started planning because I said I need to one save money and two you know, gather my friends that I want to go with. And we're already talking about it. You know, this is Mm -hmm. like the first stage and that's what gets me through having little things. That's what gets me through the every day, just to know that I have something to plan, you know, and Mm -hmm. do. And also another thing that I tell parents is, you know, just have a little something, even if it's 15 minutes of, you know, sitting in your car at pickup, taking a little, a little power nap, you know, or, reading a book or listening to a podcast or sitting in silence, mm-hmm. you know, for 10 minutes. So yeah, anyway, I, know I agree. <clears throat> no, I agree with all of those things. I think researching is important at any age. And if you use it, you use it. And if you don't, I wish I would have known how horribly the funding is for um, post 22 yeah. age young adults here uh, in the state I live in. It's awful. It's that's why we are looking at moving. Um, and that's depressing to me. That scares me because there's nothing I can personally do about it at this point. You know, he's only a few years away from getting no services at all and no funding and no money and any of that stuff. So it's scary. And I wish I had looked into that at age nine, age 10, and maybe been able to make some changes, whatever. But like you said, we don't go backwards and we just deal with what we can deal with. And I can hope to change some things for the parents with the five-year-olds. Well, yeah, make look, it better for them. Five-year-olds, you know, it's like, hey, they're listening to this right now thinking, okay, my kid is five. I need to start doing something now so that when my kid or, you know, my friend's children are 17 through 22, there's something for them, you know, in the future. And let's get that started now. And that's mm-hmm. why I started our nonprofit is, you know, I needed to do something now. Did it fall in my lap? Of course it did you know, but it's, it just happens and it'll happen for you. Like you'll find something random that Skylar likes to do mm-hmm. and you will make something of it. Or even if you don't, who cares, you know, yep. you'll find, you will find something and, you know, you'll move here and then he'll work at the pantry. <laughs> he'll work at the pantry. <laughs> he and Paige will be best friends forever. <laughs> he'll work at the pantry and, yep. you know, he'll, he'll greet people and he'll be spelling and it'll all be, it'll all be fun. <laughs> yes, it will be. It'll, the future will be bright no matter what. Oh gosh. Well, I always love talking to you. I mean, we could talk for days on anything, but um, thank you so much for your insight and for all you're doing with Paige's Pantry in California. Maybe we can expand the franchise and uh, <laughs> have it in lots of different States. I, I would love that. We can because we are expanding to Northern California and we are expanding to Uganda. What? That's, uh, no. that's random. <laughs> Actually. Oh Lord. Well, surely not, I could get it started here. There, it just randomly happened. One of my friends did a birthday fundraiser for Paige's Pantry and she is, I don't, honestly, I can't remember where she's from, which is horrible, but she has relatives in Uganda and they love what we're doing so I am teaching them how to do the same thing with their kids on the spectrum so and it's you know it's simple I go you you, all you have to do is find the produce and have your kids bag everything up and then pass it out to people and see the smile on their faces and your customers faces 
So we're we're in the process of doing doing both of those new places right now. So if anybody would ever want to do any sort of thing like Paige's Pantry, where you live, I can help you with all of everything. And we can even have Paige's Pantry could be the umbrella and ex expand our nonprofit because it really is, it doesn't cost a lot of money to start. And I mean, it does, you do have to get some donations so you can sustain the business, but it, and it's really, it's all volunteer based. So, and then you're paying your, you know, your taxes and your fees and all that kind of admin stuff, but I can help anybody. I can, you know, That's I can awesome. do what I, I can tell you the ups and downs that I went through. <laughs> See, yet again, you're saving other parents from the beginning part, the headache part of it, part and, of it right? and sharing the experience. Yeah. Aww. More than happy to share any, any knowledge that I have with anybody. I love it. Well, fantastic. Well, thanks so much for getting up bright and early to chat with me. <laughs> I've been up. <laughs> <laughs> Since you don't sleep anyway. Oh gosh. All right. Well, take care. I'll talk to you soon, friend. All right. Bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Living the Sky Life and will tune in for the next episode coming soon. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the Living the Sky Life podcast within Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play so you'll receive alerts when new episodes are released. Subscribing is the best way to ensure you don't miss a single episode. If you like what you hear, be sure to select the five-star rating, provide feedback, and share Living the Sky Life with others. Thanks again for listening.